Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the All New Right For Your Life podcast. Joined as always by Mike Hurley. Hello Mike. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Oh, I'm wondering how long it's going to remain the new Right For Your Life podcast. I know what you're saying. Um, I think I'm going to do it next time and then probably stop from then on. I like that you've, you've set yourself a goal. I've only just set myself a goal, but I'm, I'm happy with that. It's difficult because I've been doing podcasts. Called, I've been doing that introduction for about three years, but just only every few weeks. <laughs> so, it's crazy how long you've been doing it for. Like, I suppose so. a long time. I guess. But that, I, mean, I think we might talk about that later on. But it is quite... I mean, right for your life was set up in December 2008. And I think I did my first podcast which was literally just me talking, which strangely enough was what it ended up being again before you came on board or I came on board with 70 decibels. Um, but uh, it, I guess it is quite a long time. But um, I think, yes, we probably should get rid of the all new at some point. Um, but just to remind people that there wasn't an old one. <laughs> but not, <laughs> not that it really matters. So, Mr. Broom, congratulations yes. are in order, I do believe. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's very kind. It's been a slightly manic uh, few weeks. It's been slightly um, strange. I keep I, I've listened back to some of the episodes and I realise that I'm I've been on the verge of saying I'm going to be a published author several times, and every every single time I've almost said it, I've said I may be published in the future, and I've been doing this just in case I'm going to be published. You know, if when that kind of thing. But um, behind the scenes, obviously. It's all been um, uh, in motion and uh, and quite exciting, and it was very. Uh, it was great on Monday to actually be able to tell people that uh, my novel is going to be officially published on the first of September, which is really soon. Um, so yes, I'm over the moon. Thank you. So it's a Legend Press. Legend Press are going to be publishing my novel, which is called A is for Angelica. And um, the the publication date is yes, the first of September, and um, I'm very happy, very happy to be with Legend. They're a fantastic independent press who are going to make my book as good as it, as good as it can possibly be, and they're going to get it into uh, all good bookstores everywhere. Which is I was hoping you'd make that line. Not the bad <laughs> ones. The bad ones won't be getting it. All the good yeah, ones absolutely. will be getting it. Just the good ones, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it's ama- it's amazing, and it's it is slightly su- slightly surreal at the same time, just because it's the culmination of I don't know well, how old am I now? Thirty one, fifteen years work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't been working on this particular novel for fifteen years, but I wrote my first short story or poem or whatever it was when I was in secondary school so I guess I was 12 or 13 I remember my English teacher saying to my mum on parents evening Mrs Neil uh bless her in fact I ought to actually tell her didn't I that I ought to get in touch and see if I can find her and tell her this has happened um and uh, she said you know one day he'll be published and obviously as a young lad that was quite a big deal for someone to say that to you and it's kind of always stuck with me that that was what I wanted to do and sometimes all it takes is an English teacher saying the right thing at the right time to inspire you know a kid to go on and uh, and pursue it which is I guess kind of what what I've done but yes well, little it's, do you know Ian she is here with us now <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's a listener who knows hi hello Mrs Neil and Mr Beddo he was also very inspirational always good to have good English teachers 
Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a, a bit of a dream come true, and I'm I'm really pleased about it, and um, looking forward to the next stage. So the next pro- the next part of the process for me is to go back to Cressington Vale, which is the little street that the novel is set on, and uh, meet all my characters again, and uh, make sure they're saying the right things in the right places and doing the right things at the right time, and uh, improve the book. Uh, work with uh, Lauren, Lauren Parsons, at Legend, who's going to be helping me edit the book and uh, get it into shape. So yeah, a bit of a dream come true. It's quite, quite, a, quite a big thing to say, it's quite a big statement uh, to sort of come out with. But uh, you know, I've been thinking about it, how much it does. It's strange because when it, it's, this has been quite a long process for me. The actual writing of the novel has taken quite a long time. I've had to... I've said this many times before on Write for Your Life and even on the podcast before, that this is... It's taken me, I guess, it's sort of seven to eight years to get to this point from writing that very first sentence, um, which I also remember. Um, uh, and it's... Uh, things don't necessarily happen as you expect them to happen in life. So uh, initially I started writing when I was... I guess I was... Um, I guess I just started my first job. I think so. I, I was I was at Hallam, and you know, since then, so much has happened to me in, in my life. I've had to I've had to live life. I guess in this, in the, and I don't mean that in a grand adventure kind of way, or you know, the school, the university of life. I don't mean anything like that. I mean, literally, at some point, I had to get a job, a full time job, because I couldn't. You know, you can't just be a writer and write novels. You have to do other stuff, and especially when you're twenty three. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, etc. years old, when you've got no money, so you can't just take six months off work and do it. And, um, and I guess when you still, you know, want to meet a girl and fall in love or to go out with your friends and, uh, you know, live a normal life at the same time. And, um, you know, I've, in order to get to this point, as I said, I think on our episode two of the all new Right for Life podcast, it might have been episode three, actually, I'm not sure. But there's an awful lot of sacrifice being involved, so that's why um, when you get when I'm now I'm at this point where I can say that all that work has has led to what will be a published novel, it's I'm not even sure if that's really sunk in with me yet. Um, just because it's it's taken so long to get here, and of course I think most people know who follow Write for Your Life that I've actually been uh, trying to get it published for a couple of years, so I've had my fair share of uh, rejection letters, just like everyone else. Just because I'm some daft ponce with a website and a uh, and a podcast doesn't mean that I'm not like everyone else getting, you know, rejection letters and having to rework things and think about think about whether I've uh, written certain sections in the right way, whether I could do it better. I've been through all those things, and I think that the book is better for it. I think I'm much better for having had the, had that experience, and um, and I think I'm in exactly the right place. Now, and because frankly, the great thing about working with uh, with Legend is because they're, I guess, because uh, they're uh, an independent press. It means that they're physically slightly smaller, so they have fewer authors, and uh, it means that they can be passionate about my work. I'm not just another author; I am someone that they invest uh, their their time in and, and attention, and they can get things done. I guess uh, quickly, they can be a bit more agile. I guess, which is in the modern sort of modern world, uh, the modern publishing industry is no bad thing at all. Um, so it's exciting and I'm very much looking forward to sharing the book with everyone that I hope wants to uh, purchase it. So how long did 
the actual publishing part take? Like, so you've written the book, and and then the actual from maybe even from the moment you handed it over to an agent. Um. Well, I, I I started. I got I got an agent. Um, been working with Sophie at Tibor Jones for that. That must be that must be nearly three years. I guess it's just under th- wow. just under three years. So that's quite a while. But they, I mean, Tibor Jones have just been amazing from from the word go. Just first of all, just lovely people and lovely people to work with, and they made my novel infinitely better. So agents get quite <laughs> in this modern world where self-publishing is easy to do. The agent gets such a hard time, and 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 I'm sure there are lots of bad agents out there. I'm no doubt, and I'm sure there are lots of people masquerading as literary agents who actually are just trying to fleece people who don't, unfortunately, don't know any better through no fault of their own. My experience with having an agent has been: Are you all right? Was that a mm-hmm. bit of a cough? <laughs> I thought you were drinking some water. Gracious, I thought you were in all kinds of trouble then. I was having, thought we were going uh, we to have a, an, an on-air episode. Um, I just, my experience of having an agent has been uh, just fantastic. They've made my book better, incredibly passionate about my writing, me as a person, what I do, write for your life, um, and I couldn't have asked for any more. So I've been working for them for, for about three years. So we spent quite a lot of time initially trying to get the book into shape that we both felt was ready to go and send out to publishers um and and so that's what we did and and had to be perfectly honest i've and i i don't mean this in a sort of big headed way because obviously the the ultimate the ultimate truth of it is that uh, that until now i've not been able to sell the novel but i've had sort of fantastic feedback throughout so it's always been difficult to really go back and change the novel because it's just circumstantial sometimes it's not that your novel is bad if you get rejection letter and this goes this goes for publishers agents any stage of the process really mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that your novel's bad it's just sometimes it's not right for the person that happens to read it the editor who it's been sent to or it could be that the the publisher hasn't got um the budget to spend especially these days hasn't got the budget to 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 buy another book this particular year, or they've got a certain amount of, of books that they need to to uh, take on board each year, and they've already reached that quota. There are so many reasons for it, and you know I've been through all of them over the last couple of years. And um, uh, but in terms of uh, legend, I, I, I guess I uh, let me try and get this right. It's all happened very quickly. I think I knew that they were interested around Christmas time, maybe a bit before Christmas. Um, and I went to meet them um, in January, and uh, offer in February, it's sort of mid to late February, and then we've been sorting it all out since then. Uh, since then, sorry, and in the last couple of weeks, contract signed and announcement made. And so, I guess overall, two to three months, which is relatively quick, I think, in the grand scheme of the publishing industry, that's not. That's not a long time at all. No. Um, so yeah, relatively quick. But the, having an announcement—that's kind of like I knew that uh, I found out that the, there was going to this going to be announced to the press. I mean, just sentences like that have been so exciting. It's just such a small thing. But yeah, oh yeah, just to let you know. Exactly. But just the idea that there's a press release that goes out—it's got my big daft face on it. It's got you know the blurb of the novel. Uh, the news, it's, 
been amazing, you know, get, and that's what it's all, always been about for me. And people have always, you know, and more and more often ask about self-publishing and whether I, because I've got a, because I've got Write For Your Life, so I have a platform, so theoretically I could self-publish and, uh, and I've got a bit of an audience there, so I, sh- I might be able to sort of sell uh, copies that way and, of course, obviously keep all the money for myself. But as I've said so many times, it's, there's far more to writing a piece of fiction or writing any book, in my opinion, than money. And for me, that's not what it's ever been about, really. It's always been about, for example, what happened on Monday where I had my press announcement in the bookseller so you know great huge industry publication and there i am uh legend press acquires stylish debut novel and a big bit about me that's what it's always been about is and hopefully i'll get lots of people reading the novel and it'll get reviewed and get hopefully you know hopefully good reviews but the fact that it hopefully it'll get reviewed and uh, it'll be i guess hopefully um the way that I've always wanted to do it. And it is, it is the way that I've always wanted to do it, and I'm, and I'm very happy about it. How do things like the reviews work? Is it, I mean, do you send, like, let's say, let's pick The Guardian, for example. Um, do you send your book to them, or do they choose it, or how, how does it work? Like, how does that process work? I mean, to a degree, I'm about to find out. I mean, that's the great thing about having a website like Write for Your Life, and it's something that I've always been careful to do, is that you can only really write from your own experience. So I've been very careful not to write anything on Write for Your Life or talk about a subject like that when I haven't really been there and done it myself. So I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't especially know. It'll be something that uh, the the legend handles, I guess. Um, And, and, you know, I'm good. But, I mean, the truth is I'm going to be working my bootocks off to uh, to sell the novel as much as I possibly can. That's why I've been doing Write for Your Life, partly just to... So that if, for, for when this day, when this week came, that I would have a platform where I could sell the book um, and where I could sort of promote myself and where I do already have an established name that's, you know, a certain amount of people have heard of who I am. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's lots of connections made, like other, other blogs, for instance. Like I've, I know um, uh, Personally, um, uh, and obviously I mean in internet terms, generally speaking, um, I know personally lots of other people who write blogs similar to mine. They're of a similar similar size, have a similar sort of audience. And so I have those contacts already, and then and I'll be sort of asking them to help promote it and to review it, and uh, if, if they want, or for me to go and do interviews with them, probably doing blog tours, that kind of thing. At the same time, I will have book launches, so I'll have a book launch in London, presumably, and I will also have one in Sheffield because I've have uh, you know a, a profile of sorts in Sheffield too, just because uh, partly because of Words Aloud, which was the spoken word night that I ran in Sheffield, and also partly because I was on the MA writing course at Hallam University. So there'll be a launch there, and all of these all of these places are ways for me to promote the book. And in a way, the hard work kind of starts now because I have to try and sell this thing that's what you know i want to write another one i want a, i want a, um i want to be able to sell another book and <laughs> and write another one and have that sell and uh, and make this you know something that's a fully fledged career and um you know that's that's a that's the dream isn't it for everyone it's, uh, yeah. it's no doubt a long way away but um 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know specifically how I get reviewed in the Guardian, but I shall be badgering them myself if that's what needs to happen. We'll find Indeed. out, won't we? Indeed. But this is the whole point. This is, this is why it's. It's. I think it's. I don't think it's that typical for a literary author like me to have a blog and to talk about this kind of thing. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but. Typically, um, most most blogs for writers, I guess, um, are written by, I guess, people... T- it tends to be a lot of people who write genre fiction, children's fiction, or people who self-publish. I've kind of found that it, there aren't that many literary authors doing the same kind of thing. I would expect that most um, people, like authors that, that have blogs, would be more inclined to self-publish than, than you are, maybe. Yeah, may, po, po, yes, I think that's true. Um, you know, most people who have websites, per se, you know, just in general, um, tend to have something to sell, and, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. This, uh, I don't, I don't mean to say, sound, I don't mean to say that, and for it to sound like a, a negative comment, I think that's just the way of the world. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And in a way, I've been for three years. I've. On the whole, I've not sold anything through the website, certainly for not very much money, and I've certainly not made a great deal of money. Um, generally speaking, I've been putting free content out for three years, but let's be under no illusions. The whole, you know, the 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 whole point was to get to a point now where I, I have got something to sell, and um, or I will have on the first of September, and and that that's fine, and you know that's kind of what authors need to do. So whether whether it is unusual for literary authors to talk about the process in the way that I have, and the way that I probably will be doing more so, um, especially in the lead up to publication. Um, I think it'll be more and more common. I think that's what people will um, have to do. We are the world is changing. The publishing industry is changing. Excuse me. Everyone does need uh, an author platform of sorts now. Unless you're already established and you already have a readership, it's very difficult to suddenly start from scratch and um, and have your name plastered everywhere on billboards. It just doesn't happen. And publishers don't have the kind of budgets that they may have had four or five years ago. So the author themselves does have to work harder, and that is part of their job. And a lot of people aren't happy with that, and that's why they say, well, why bother with the publisher in the first place if, you, if you're going to have to do a lot of the donkey work in terms of marketing. But, um, yeah, I don't really look at it like that. Maybe it's because I am... I've been doing this for quite a long time, and I guess it's maybe it's a, a tr- traditional viewpoint. But what I've always wanted is to have my book reviewed in the Guardian, as you say, ideally. To you know, maybe one day I'll be invited on uh, front row to speak to Mark Lawson about my book. That'd be nice. Um, uh, you know, be on radio. It's very difficult to get these things. It gives you a, there is still, I think, uh, a certain cachet that goes with being published by uh, a publishing house. And um, and it's not for everyone, and that's that's totally fine. We can all live in the same world together, I think. I'm going to um, look forward to hanging onto your coattails, Broom. <laughs> well, you need to help me promote this thing. This the you my you co- have my uh, my complete and utter devotion in doing that. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you to say so. I hope that. I mean, it's. I hope things are going to change. I am things. Are going to change. I'm not going to become. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to be a different person. And I'm. You know. I'm not. Let's not be silly about this. Most 
literary novels of my kind only sell a certain amount. I'm not suddenly going to become J.K. Rowling or anyone like that. That's not going to happen. And I know that. I'm very aware of that. The one good thing about this having taken a certain period of time is that it's allowed me to understand the industry more, to know what to expect. And as I've said earlier, to go through different experiences and to kind of know how it all works. So I'm under, under no illusions about how difficult this will be. Um, but I do know that I'm very grateful to have the opportunity and that I'm going to give it my all and try and make as much of a success of uh, Angelica as I possibly can. Um, just have to see how it goes, I guess. But if everyone listening could buy at least one copy, that would be terrifically helpful. It's just a shame that it's in September. Do you mean, I mean, I'm sure... For you, you wished it was probably even longer so you could get ready, but for, for all of us, I think September seems like such a long way away. But you guys are all the people that listen to this podcast and do so uh, relatively regularly, people that read the website. I kind of have to persuade you to buy this as well. There's no reason why you should go and spend seven or eight pounds on my book when there are lots of other books by authors that you've already heard of. So I just because I have this platform, I don't think that... Right for Your Life has, I don't know, two and a half thousand people subscribed to the RSS feed. And the, I, I can't remember what the law is, but there's some law of marketing where there's a certain percentage that you know won't buy it and, or buy any products from you. And that's just true. It's just how, how it works. People uh, read your website or subscribe to your website or to your podcast or to whatever it is for all sorts of different reasons. So, but when uh, but, but they do it because it's free because they're interested. But 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 because it's free. So when you then come to say, okay, now I've got this product in my case, a novel, and it's going to cost you eight pounds to persuade someone to cough up that money is difficult. And and just because I've got this podcast and I talk nonsense to you every week, I've got no sort of reason to expect uh, people listening to this podcast to go out and buy my book. I need to persuade you. I need to tell you. I need to talk to you about it and say why I think that you might enjoy it. I should ask, uh, ask people questions. So if anyone is interested and wants to know more about the book, then I should talk about it and describe it, you know, talk about its themes and the sort of people that it might appeal to and that kind of thing. So it's good, it's good that I've got a few months. You're absolutely right. I'm pleased that I've got at least, you know, a few months to to sell the novel to people because that's not that's not what I've done Right for Your Life has not been about selling my novel to people it's been about saying I am a writer who's written a novel got an agent and I, I also work as a copywriter so I have a, another angle to come at it and basically what I, Right for Your Life has been me saying I'm a working writer this has been my experience you might find it useful and I am still going to do that the, the website and the, this podcast will still be absolutely about those things but there is going to be another level where I have to try and persuade people to buy my fiction and to say, this is my novel, and I think that you might like it. If you like what you've, if you like listening to me talking about the writing process, maybe you'd be interested and it might be useful for you if you're a writer to actually see the finished product and how it ended up. So, um, you know, you can't take anything for granted whatsoever. Building an online platform, building an audience is one thing, but actually transforming that into um, cold, hard, sales at the end of the day is very very difficult and and i don't i don't take the task lightly i guess so what is going to happen to write for your life then yes so i did talk about this kind of last week and i kind of i only talked about it really just because i was so excited and i knew what was coming on the, the following monday i knew that i was going to be announcing the book being published mm. on, on uh, this week 
last week I got carried away and I started talking about the website changing without really explaining why. It was all a bit sort of silly, really. But basically what I've decided to do, people are going to, I'm going to be, people know me as Ian Broom, the, the bloke who does Right For Your Life or the bloke from Twitter. That's who I am. But there's going to be a whole load of people who I who are perhaps going to search for Ian Broom because they've read they've read that they've read that um, press piece in the bookseller, for instance, or they've read about me on Legends website, or they've read uh, I don't about know you in the Guardian, any, read about me in the Guardian, wherever it might be. They've just they've heard of Ian Broom, the author, and have no idea that I have this website that I update, which has got all these people subscribed to it, and that I've been working on for several years. So my option my options were to have ianbroom.com or .net and uh, run that as a site and just put updates about my writing on that website and run it as an entirely separate entity to Write for Your Life. And I would just carry on with Write for Your Life exactly as I have been doing, just providing advice for writers, linking to some interesting stuff and adding my own commentary, just doing it exactly the way that I always have. And I actually started doing that I thought well that's the most sensible thing to do but then the more I thought about it I thought this is probably a bit ridiculous write for your life is a name that's all it is really the website is my website it's not like I have a team of writers it's not like excuse me I've got a bit of windy pops again I do apologize um it's gone now um it's not like I have a team of writers who work on the website this is my thing it is me so there's no real reason why I can't make that ianbroom.net. Um, and it would mean that there's one central place to go. So if there's news about my writing, if I, if I want to link to an article in The Guardian that's about me, we keep talking like I'm going to be in The Guardian every week here, and I'm, I'm really not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> Front page. Every week it's going to be like Princess Dali or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've decided basically that write for life, will be no more and write for your life will become ianbroom.net and um, in practical terms that just means that um, when you go to write for your life it will redirect to Ian Broom uh, um, and, and that's about it it will still be the same thing that you've been reading now uh, um, and I will still put in the same kind of content up there but I guess hopefully what will be the more interesting thing I think for writers uh, but also for readers too is that I'll be talking more about my writing a bit more, about my process. Because kind of when you're going through the process of getting an agent and then having an agent and looking for a publisher, it feels really difficult talking about your writing because you're kind of, you, you, might, have, you might have work on submission with, a, with an editor and they're making decisions about whether they want to buy your work or not and work with you. And so you don't really want to be talking about your work in either too positive or too negative a way on your blog. It just I just felt really uncomfortable with it. So that's why I've kind of avoided doing that up until this point. But the truth is, it's actually probably much more valuable to people, much more valuable to writers, and actually probably much more interesting to people who might potentially want to read my book if I talk about my writing more and about my process and make it a bit more personal. So that's what I intend to do. I'll basically be... Combining the two sites, it's just that one of those sites doesn't really exist at the moment. So um, Write for Your Life will become ianbroom.net, and hopefully that'll be, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, or something like that. Is there going to be a bit of a design change, or are you keeping it basically the same? No, I will be changing the design. Um, it's not going to be 
some kind of extravagant thing, but it's going to be more pictures on it, I guess, uh, in the sense that, you know, there'll be a picture of me, there'll be, there'll be a page for the novel. Um, I'm, Will there I'm, be a picture of me? I could, uh, well, there'll, there'll be a page for, pod- <laughs> there'll, there'll be a page for podcasts. So if you want to provide a picture of yourself, then I can quite easily, and I would be quite happy to put a picture of the two of us on there too. Um, <laughs> it doesn't need to be a picture of me. Well, it sounds like you'd be upset if there wasn't one. So let's see if we can get that arranged. Um, but it's worth mentioning that the Right for Your Life podcast, I think it makes sense for that to still be the Right for Your Life podcast. Yeah. Because since we've moved over to 70 decibels, it's kind of a separate entity anyway, in a way. And it would be weird to call it the Ian Broom podcast. I think, it would be, I think that would be, be a little bit weird. It would be weird and, and my ego might actually explode. <laughs> So, um, the Right Feel Life podcast, that will stay exactly as it is now, apart from we might stop calling it the all new Right Feel Life podcast. Yeah. And um, I'll link to it and I'll talk about it, you know, write about it where necessary on um, ianbroom.net. And, um, and yes, and, but the, the name will stay the same. I think, like for you as well, I mean, from a visibility standpoint, um, having it when people still Google Right Feel Life, take it to something that, that is yours, I, I think makes sense still. Yes, and all the links will stay. All the links will still work. So right, right, I'll I'll ask one of my very wonderful technical pals to make sure that right the, 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 it's all seamless. So basically, if you type in "right for your life," if that's one of your bookmarks, then it will just automatically redirect to the new site. If you've got a link in, if, say, if, if if you have a blog, for instance, and you've linked to one of my pages. You won't suddenly have a broken link on your website. It will just redirect and go to the same place. I'm not deleting any content or anything like that. It'll all be exactly the same. I'll just be adding a bit more information about me, a bit more about the book. I think I'm probably going to uh, have uh, a page, uh, like a like a like a library almost, something like that. So some recommended books for writers, that kind of thing. I'll probably. I think I'm just going to try and make it a bit more interesting a bit more of a place where you can go and kind of lose yourself whether you're a reader or a writer you can just kind of go there and uh, whether you're interested in me personally or not you can just get some useful information and away you go um i would suggest um asking stephen hackett host of the ungenius podcast on 70 decibels about the the change over stuff because he did that quite recently yes he did that's true he probably would be a good person to ask yeah he'll be able to help you i think yeah, because he did that pretty pretty nicely when he re- rebranded his site. So. Yes. Um, I thought oh, there was something I was going to ask you, but it popped out of my head now. Go on. The broom, cu- the broom cupboard. That was exactly it. Was it? Mm-hmm. So this is the other thing that I'm planning to do, and I'm sorry that this episode of the podcast is all very me, me, me. Um, uh, but uh, I'm sorry, but I don't care. No, um, no of course I care. I'm only joking. <laughs> But one of the things I'm going to do is um, have, uh, and I've already set this up, is a mailing list called The Broom Cupboard, another stupid name. but You, you have the, the luckiest name in the world. You're aware <laughs> of this, right? You say lucky. I've had lots of uh, jokes in my direction over the years for my surname. <laughs> lucky now you can use them for profit. Indeed. So The Broom Cupboard is a new mailing list. So people can subscribe to Write for Your Life, the blog, and they will get all their updates sent to the feed reader or they can get them delivered by email. That's fine. That will all stay the same. The Broom Cupboard is going to be a kind of a a mailing list where um, things uh, that I send out to you will only be sent out to you. If you're on the mailing list, you're the only people that will get that. Or if it's something that's going to be made public, you'll be the people that hear about it first or you will get it first. Um, So, for example... Um, 
I'm going to do a six part, um, I guess audio book really, but it's just audio pieces talking about different stages of the writing process for Reyes for Angelica, my novel. Um, and so one episode might be, um, how I started with the idea. So just as a sneak preview, I don't want to give away too much. Otherwise there's no point in doing it separately, but the entire novel came from one line, which is slightly ridiculous, but I, I just had this, this line that I loved and I didn't know what to, to do with it. And uh, eventually that's what became the novel. And the line is Benny paints pictures with his eyes closed. Very simple, <laughs> not, not kind of huge, long sentence. It was just those few words, Benny paints pictures with his eyes closed. And, and the entire novel came from, from that, from those few words. It just, I began to, paint a picture around around that those few words so one of the episodes Did you have your eyes closed i didn't and i don't even know if it's possible to paint pictures well of course it's possible i've written an entire novel probably about not very good <laughs> no yeah he won prizes and all sorts you need to read the novel it's all very interesting i would like to read the novel <laughs> um so that might be one episode that goes um exclusively to the mailing list so people that subscribe to the broom cupboard they get they, they get that before anyone else and then i'll do six parts and send them out to the mailing list over the period of however long it takes me to do, a couple of months. Um, and then what I might do for people who aren't subscribed to the mailing list is that I might sell, I might sell the audiobook um, through the website for, I don't know, uh, I don't know, one ninety nine something like that. And, uh, and it means that people that are subscribed to the mailing list, they don't need to buy it. They've been given it. They've got it via the mailing list. Um, uh, so it's things like that, but also updates about my work and, and how I'm doing. It's kind of a behind-the-scenes um, a kind of behind behind the scenes look over uh, the process of what I'm about to be doing. I guess the process of becoming a published author, going from the stage where I'm at now, where yes, you've got a date. This is when it's going to be published. Kind of the process that I'm about to go through, which I think is going to be really, it's going to be really interesting for me. I'm going to be learning so much and you know, experiencing new things and. And I'll be sharing it on the website, but I'll also be sharing it, I guess, in a more personal way on the Broom Cupboard. And people can get to the Broom Cupboard um, just by going to ianbroom.net. So where the website will eventually be, ianbroom.net, where what Write Your Life will become. At the moment, I have a sign-up form for the Broom Cupboard on there, which people can go and sign up. And people have done. It's been great. There's over, uh, I'm not, I haven't checked today, but between 50 and 100 people that are already signed up, which is no mean feat for a whole new thing. So I'm very pleased. And this kind of tie, ties back, just, in, just to talk again a bit about how you promote yourself. Um, and this can apply to anyone. So um, email marketing is, 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 sounds so archaic, that, you, that, that marketing via emails. It sounds like in the age of Twitter and all these kinds of things, it sounds quite old-fashioned. But actually, the truth of it is, if you can get access to someone's email inbox, you know that they're going to read it because generally speaking, people read their emails and they check them every day. And it's really valuable and it's not something to be taken lightly. If someone signs up to your mailing list, if you sign up to the broom cupboard, then I feel I have a responsibility not just to send you any old tat or to send you things that aren't relevant to what I, or, or, aren't, or aren't in line with what I said I was going to send you. It's a really, it's a really personal thing to, to have access to someone's, uh, to have permission to send emails to people. Um, but also, and this is something that our our joint internet pal Sean Blanc has talked about before, it's the idea of having fans and fanatics. So if I assume that people that, I mean, I don't really think people are fans of me as such, but they're quite good ways, 
making the distinction. If I assume that people that have subscribed to Write for Your Life, as in, and, and the people that listen to this podcast are kind of fans of the show or they're interested, they have they, they have sort of a connection with us in a kind of an informal way. The people that I know who are definitely going to buy my book are the people that go that one stage further and maybe email me to say, oh, I really like that article that you sent out. Or the, all the people on Twitter who said, oh, really good news, congratulations on the book. Um, I can't wait to read it. Similarly, the people that sign up to the broom cupboard, I would assume they're the people that are more likely to want to buy my book. Again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's all about appreciating the fact that not everyone that subscribed to the website, not everyone that listens to this podcast is necessarily going to want to, and why should they, um, shell out up to £10 for my novel. But if I can provide a way of, uh, for those people who, who, who are, or do want to have that sort of further relationship and who... who uh, who are in that kind of fanatics category, and again, I use that term in a kind of descriptive way as opposed to what I actually believe, um, they're the people that I want to provide somewhere to engage with as well, to kind of acknowledge the fact that those people exist. And um, and here's this extra thing for you. Here's kind of a special treat for you for being taking the trouble to be extra interested. And I guess that's what I intend the broom cupboard this new mailing list to be, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. Crikey, I feel like I, I, I do talk a lot on these podcasts. I know that that's the, general, that's the general premise. But, um, all, I, all I do is guide you. That's all I'm here to do. I'm, I'm about to have another sip of water. I hope it's not quite as terrifying as the one that you had earlier. Yeah, that was it. was horrible for everyone. I heard people scream, and they can't even hear it yet, so that's how bad it is. Indeed. So... I, I, I have... I, I kind of... I was trying to think about... It. I knew this episode would be mainly taken up with me talking about me mm. and my novel mm. and that kind of thing. So I did try and have a think about how I can make this more useful. I mean, I hope what I've said so far is useful. I do think it, generally speaking, it is useful to hear from or to read uh, f- read um, posts or whatever it is from people who've been in uh, an experience that you kind of want to be in. So I, I kind of appreciate that I have a certain level of responsibility now, that the information that I... And I've actually, I feel like I've always had a position of responsibility. I think it's, my, my general principle is that if you set up a blog and a website, yes, it's easy to do. But if you start giving people advice on something, then you have a certain amount of responsibility. You can't say things that aren't true. You can't say things that you haven't had real experience from or you don't have reliable information about. Um, so I was thinking, I was thinking a bit about this and and kind of how I've got to the point where I'm going to be a published author. Um, and the first sort of words that I wrote down when I made notes were three things really, and that was patience, uh, persistence, and a belief in what you're doing. Um, so I thought I might just talk about those very briefly. I don't have huge amounts of uh, content here at this part of the podcast. But they were kind of what came to mind when I tried to think about uh, what's been most important um, traits, I guess, that I've managed to show, things that I've managed to do over the last uh, seven to eight years, I guess, from the very start of this process. And especially in the last couple of years in trying to get published, um, these are the things that I think have been really helpful. And you might have noticed that patience, persistence and belief in what you're doing, none of those things are actually to do with the writing itself, in theory. I don't say be a good writer. Um, 
because you know, to a degree, I guess that's kind of um, a given, but actually a lot of writing is in the head, in, or in your head. It's quite a psychological process, really. So patience, really, is not, it's just that nothing happens quickly. The publishing industry doesn't happen. It's very slow. Nothing really happens quickly. Writing a novel takes a long time. Some people will tell you it takes a few weeks, and some people write novels in a few weeks. But I would say that that's an exception, and I would also argue, and I have argued, and I'm fully aware that people disagree, but my opinion is that to write a piece of fiction that you can honestly say is your best work, you're going to need a lot more than a few weeks to do it. And that's certainly been my case. It doesn't need to be seven years, uh, of course, and I certainly don't intend taking that long with my second novel, but you need time to to write and then to digest what you've written and to go back to it and just to then I mean the whole then the whole process of getting published even if you decide to self-publish your work the whole thing to get it right to, to really have a, something that you truly can't make any better takes time and there's lots of waiting around there is a lot of hard work and if you don't have the patience then you won't you, you'll either put something out that you're not happy with or you just you'll give up and maybe it's not for you. Um, does that make sense? I mean, feel, feel free to disagree, Mike. No, I agree. I mean, anything like this, like if you have something that you consider to be a dream, um, I think the only way that that dream can be realised is by not only actually putting in the time that's necessary and by practising and, and going over and over and over and, and honing your craft, but it's being prepared to do it so it's not even just the fact that you know you have to do it and actually doing it it's being prepared to do it and accept that it's that for if it's going to be worthwhile it's going to take time before it's realized like you're a prime example mate like how many years you've been not only it took you to write the thing but to, then to actually get it to this point from when you actually put you know the last full stop um to to the first draft or whatever which which, which hasn't happened yet I'm about to go through another editing, <laughs> another yeah, that, another few weeks of editing. So, so I mean, that hasn't even happened yet. Exactly, you know. But means so from saying, "All right, book's done," you know, and, and the story actually being complete, to to even to getting it to the point where one you've even got an agent and then get get a, a deal. It's it's taken you such a long time. So it's shown that you, but the whole way through, you've had your sort of eyes on the prize. You know, you've known what you wanted, and and you just needed to take steps to get to it. And it proves that, you know, people say that with the right amount of um, concentration and persistence, you can achieve anything. And this is kind of showing that, right? You had a dream that you've had for years, and because you've not let go of it and you've not relented and you've continued to work at it, you have been able to achieve it. And it's not luck, right? You've not just had good luck. It's because of, of those three Ps that you mentioned. Yes, with the word of two P's, but I'm two not going to. Uh, but you said some very kind things then, so I'm not going to be too upset about the two the, the two P's instead of the three. Hmm. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. The, persi- the persistence is is kind of, I guess, kind of the main one. You you can't you won't get it right the first time. Your first draft of your novel will not be the the draft of your novel that gets published or that you that you end up being happy with. It just doesn't work like that. And uh, I keep saying novels just because that's what I've. Because what I've got, it could be anything. It could be it'll be your book on podcasting. It'll be, it could be a piece of non-fiction. It could be a 
collection of poetry. It doesn't really matter. Your first draft won't be right, but it will be your first draft. That's why it's called a first draft. Um, but the persistence, the persistence thing is to try and not get put off by things like rejections. So I think one thing I have been able to do well is to try and keep... Here's another P for you. We can have that third P. Is to try and keep perspective. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and realise that when you get a rejection letter, when you get feedback from someone that you, you know, that isn't necessarily positive is to, in all circumstances, is to try and find something in it, try and find the reason why that person has said whatever it is that they're saying. And even if ultimately you come to disagree with it and not make changes accordingly, you've at least considered what they've said. And that's something I've always tried my very best to do, is to take on board absolutely everything. And, you know, even, even, even with Legend now, in, when, I, when I met Lauren for the first time, she, she asked me, she said, how do you feel about... Um, uh, some you know, editorial input and like in a flash my instant reaction was like well yeah absolutely of course and the reason for that is is because I, it's about caring it's because I, what I really care about is making the book the best that, that it can possibly be that's what matters most to me in, in all of this and if someone uh, uh, and this could have been any stage of the process if someone can honestly say to me that I think I can make your book better then I will listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's um the idea of persistent is really key to that. It's the I sorry persistence is key to that. It's the idea of not expecting to get it right first time but being prepared to persist and uh be flexible and change be open-minded and just find a way through the fog which will no doubt fall upon you a number of times and um and and make your way out of it. And, and, and ultimately, moving on to our, my final point, uh, in order to do all those things, they're very difficult, and none of this is easy, but you really do have to try and maintain a belief in, in what you're doing. You really have to believe that what, what you've written, what you've created, is worth writing and worth creating. So, and that can be the hardest thing, because if you do get poor feedback or, or negative feedback, if you do get rejection letters, um, even if you just lose faith in your in, in yourself, even if there are no external factors, you just kind of lose it a bit. You always have to try and remember why you're doing it, and try and and try and have that belief that that it's that it's going to be good enough. Now, I'm not saying that every piece of work you should persist with it and believe in yourself until the end. If it's not quite right, it's not quite right. But you have to try and believe in yourself as a writer and be willing to improve, and and try and be confident about it. Try and be. Um, um, try and persist but, and, and talk about it in a positive light try and be positive in general even when things aren't going so well but at the same time be humble and take on that feedback as I say and, and, uh, and, and find that balance but just have that general belief that, that what you're doing is, is right and, 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 and it's worth doing it's worth making those sacrifices uh, that we've talked about before and it's, it's kind of... Uh, that kind of the eyes on the prize is the expression you use. It's kind of remembering that prize and believing in why you want to achieve it and get there. And um, you know, and I, I, I have always believed that uh, A.S. Frangelica is a good book that deserves to be published. And I don't say that in an arrogant way because throughout the process, I've always acknowledged that it could be better. 
and that's that's the key. So there's, there are people that believe that their book is good and that it and that it deserves to be published, but they don't see a way of improving it. They think that their version that they're on now at any particular point, they think that that's the right version, and that's the mistake that people make. The one thing that I've always tried to do is believe in myself, believe that the book itself is the right book, the one that I wanted to write, the one that I want to be published, the one that I think is good enough to be published, otherwise I wouldn't continue doing it. Um, but at the same time, have the humility to recognise that it can be better at times and that it can be improved. And that whilst I believe in it and whilst that I think it's good enough, it's not, it hasn't, you know, every, 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 at every point, excuse me, at every point, it's always been a case of, how can I make it better? And that's I'm going through that process for the final time. This is the very final time. It'll be published on the 1st of September. And these edits are effectively me saying, I think it can be this much better. And then that's it. It cannot be any better in the time I've got and in with my own brain box that I have. This is as good as I can make this book at this particular point. And then it will be shared with the world. There you go. So... Um, Yes, that's it. Time's getting on. We've been talking for nigh on 50 minutes. I've been talking for nigh on 50 minutes. No, you spoke for 45 and I spoke for five. Yes. That's Sorry about that. that. It's your show, isn't it? No, it's our show. We're okay. going to have a picture on the new website and everything. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. How could I forget? Indeed. Rightio then, Mr. Broom. Yes. Where can Very people quick. find you on... on oh, have you got have you got something? Just very quickly going to ask you how your book's going on. I said um, I was going to badger you. Yeah, no, it's not been going on very much this week. So there you go. Is that our update? That, that's your update. <laughs> okay. I've, not, I've, not put, I've not written anything this week. Fine, good update. I shall ask you again next week, and I expect you to say that you've written three paragraphs. There you go. What an what a, what a easy target. So if you've not written three paragraphs by next week, then our listeners, I expect them to send you... Uh, just on unpleasant messages, really, okay. to uh, try and uh, force you into doing it. So your target for next week is three paragraphs of material. Okay. I can yeah? do that. Okay. So where can people find you on the interwebs if they would choose to? So you can find me this week in more places than you could find me last week, I guess. <laughs> Uh, on Twitter at Ian Broom, I A I N B R O O M E, um, writeforyourlife.net, which is the website, which will soon become ianbroom.net, which is where you can go to sign up for the mailing list I talked about. Um, I also have a Facebook author page now, which I talked about in last week's episode, and that's at facebook.com forward slash Ian Broom author, all one word. And you, where the hell can we find you, Mike? Um, not nearly as many places. Um, I would just say right now go to twitter.com forward slash imike, I-M-Y-K-E, or at imike, as the normal people would say it, um, and you can see my incessant ramblings there. Indeed. So uh, that's it. I quite, I quite enjoyed that. I quite like talking about myself for an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting for everyone. Probably the most interesting for you. <laughs> probably <laughs> I apologise no as I see, you shouldn't apologise okay mate until next week okay tata I shall speak to you uh, anon bye bye